So I begin to ask, why is the father wound so impactful? Why is fatherhood so powerful? And then I think of Dennis. Then I think of Mark. But then I think of Dave, my stepdad, who my mom is married to, that became my dad, stepdad, about the step thing, when I was a teenager. Being the father of a teenager is not easy. Definitely being the third father of a teenager is not easy at all. But I can remember, you guys ever seen those modeling things that they're looking, we're looking for teen and young adult models. Come and we'll send you to California to get a contract, right? Well, they're like, let's go do it. I was like, all right, back when I had hair, sure. I mean, if they ever have something for Mr. Clean, I got that thing a lot. Bam. The new one where he dances all the time, yeah. Are we back on? Awesome. Did we delete the old one? Awesome, thank you. I, and I'm just being honest with you. I'm at such a level of healing that I don't want to just throw something in. No, I'm going to honor him even if I just honor his position. Amen? Amen. So I thank you for just some transparency there. And I remember going to this, and and it was like a scam. It was one of those things, they're like, all you need to pay is $5,000, and we'll send you to California, you know. Your kid's beautiful. You told that to the last 15 kids. Quit lying, because I saw one of them. That ain't real. Um, (laughs) And, And Dave comes up and goes, no, we could do this. No, 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 no. He goes, no, I'll sell my truck. You're not selling your truck. It's not that big of a deal. He goes, no, 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 no. I want to see your dreams fulfilled. So I got to watch not only a man that did not have my DNA running through him and that did not raise me but stepped into a spiritual role as father in my life and still taught me and led me. I... I'm amazed at the power of a father. Every father in here, you have so much power and authority. You have so much anointing. But not only that, you've been touched by a father's embrace. You have been touched by a father's impact. You've been moved by a father, whether positive or negative. The world is not changed by a person that was not affected by the success or failure of a man in their lives. Either the absence of it or the effect and anointing because of it. Whether it be your biological father or a spiritual father that came in and walked beside you and loved you and cared for you. So when I look here, I've got one, two, three, four. I've got five things. Five things that I've seen that have a powerful ability in a father's life. Do I have any golfers in here? Anybody that like to golf? Okay, who in here you're not good at golf, but you like to hit a golf ball sometimes, okay? Disc disc golf, there we go. I got some disc golfers here. Can you carry one club around with you as golfing? You can't. What about hunters? Will one gun cover everything you need to shoot? No. 
Not effectively, right? Don't get me wrong, a 50 cal is gonna kill anything I shoot it with, but it's probably not gonna make a very good wall mount, right? Okay. So we understand there's different things in the bag. So fathers, I wanna tell you that there's different tools you have in your bag that you have every bit ability to walk out and use. And the first one is this, restoration. You got to see it this morning. See, everybody loves the story of the prodigal son, right? The prodigal son goes off, does his clubbing days, goes, goes has fun, and he's eating out of a pig slop. And he goes, how much better are my, my father's servants eating? So he goes home. And what does the father do? Sees from far away and runs off. For me, I'm like, where's the rest of the story? I don't want to know just about the son that came home. What happens when he wakes up the next morning and has to go back to work? What happens when he's got to be bathed? What happens when he's got to go around all of his brothers and he's got to go, they're like, oh, there he is again. The servants that are like, oh, he's back. He got half of everything and he comes back and he's still a son. Can you imagine what it's like, that turmoil that was operating in the field? Or what about the father that now had to go father his son after all of this? See, restoration isn't just hugging your son on the street as he comes back. It's waking up and operating on the fatherhood that you're called to operate five days later, 15 days later, 20 days later. It's not just about putting shoes on your son and a ring on your son and a cloak on your son. Fathers, you have a very powerful gift, and that is to restore your sons from falling and restoring your daughters from messing up. It's not just about how you've trained them. It's not just about how you taught them. It's how do you restore them. See, in the house, there's a few people in this building that I am a spiritual father in their life. And isn't it funny that God would have me operate as a spiritual father when I had such a deep wound of a father before? It's because what the enemy tried to destroy me with, God used as a weapon for me to kill the plans of the enemy from generations before. See, what the enemy thought, I can just destroy Chris because then I'll mess with his grandchildren. Under the blood of Jesus, I will become a spiritual father. And not only will I father my children here and back at home in Alabama, I will father kids in this city. I will father uh, men in this city. I have, I'm a spiritual father of men that are older than me. I operate in a gift of that because God says, I've got to use someone. So if that means a 30-something-year-old man is willing to do it, I'm going to fill the gap with that 30-year-old man. And my favorite job is restoring men and women back to the place of sonhood and daughterhood in the family. I also need to be close enough to them to speak life to them, to restore to them. From afar. Distance cannot be in the name of restoration. You've got to be close. You've got to walk together. You've got to speak life to your children. You've got to speak life to your spiritual children. You've got to speak life of restoration. And I can hear some people thinking, but I don't know how because I never got that myself. And I would challenge you that you have. Because every bit of fatherhood you did not receive from a father, you received from God the Father, and you are lacking nothing. 
God operates in such a fatherhood that I did not get a father wound anymore. I've got a father weapon now because the father stepped in my life and every bit there was wound and he healed it so that I could operate in such an anointing. I could operate in such a calling that it's not that fatherless walks in and affects the house. Fatherlessness walks in and fatherhood walks out and calling and sonship walks out. So you have a calling restore those around you but Chris some of my kids are too old and it's just me working in my job I promise you there's father wounds around you at your job I promise you there's father wounds around you I promise you and you're not a victim of what the enemy tried to steal from you he just played his card too hard first part is restoration The second one's not fun when it comes to fatherhood. It's so funny in this generation. Younger generation, you we we talk about, well, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't spank your child, you know, blah, 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 blah. Us older generation, we 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 have a challenge with each other of who got whooped worse and with what. Right? Well, I got spanked. Oh, you only got spanked? I got whooped with a belt. You got the belt? Well, I got the chocolate wrapped in an extension cord, you know, and all of a sudden it goes to this crazy level, right? It, you, you think about it, you know, it's, it's just, man, I remember I, sp- I got spanked so hard and you don't know if you've really even spanked until you get the <laughs> cry, you know what I'm saying? And then the worst part is when you get spanked and then told not to cry after you got spanked. <laughs> what are you, what, I'm, I'm really trying, I'm really trying. I'm going to give you something to cry about. What, what do you think like I'm doing right now, right? <laughs> but correction. The funny thing is, is this. The world knew correction had power, so it turned it into abuse. All I've got to do is I don't have to tell you correction don't work. I'm just going to bring a skewed version of it and bring it into abuse so you can't even talk about it anymore. You're nervous to correct your children because the world might think a different way. Or some of you are afraid to correct your children because you were abused by a generation before. Hebrews 12, chapter, chapter 12, verses 5 through 9. And have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons? My sons, do not despise the chastising of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you're rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son who he receives. If you endure chastising, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which of all became partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? I want you to hear a a revelation that I had about this subject. Because I bet you could go around and you can find some of my spiritual sons and you could ask them, has Chris ever corrected you? And they would say, yep. You could ask my children and say, has daddy ever corrected you? And they would say, yeah. But Presley walked up to me the other day because I had to Discipline Houston, and she said, Daddy, how hard is that? I said, it's the hardest thing I have to do. 
it breaks my heart to discipline my son. But I have a responsibility to do it with wisdom. And I can remember I would have struggles with it. And God said, son, when you become a son of God, we must be careful that we cling to adopted and not sons. Because adopted, when you become just an adopted son of God, you're allowed to hand me your inheritance, but you're not allowed to discipline me in the way that you would discipline a regular son. That's what I was told. I was told by a foster father, he goes, I can't discipline the way I discipline my own children because the system is watching me. And sometimes we operate not in the spirit. Father, I'm an adopted son, but don't correct me. I want your blessings. I want, I want your, your fulfillment. I want everything, but don't correct me. I just, I just want to be the son that gets your inheritance. I don't want to be the son that knows the father. See, this is what the older brother of the prodigal son failed to see. He's like, what about me? He goes, everything you see is yours. Be joyful that your brother is here, but everything you see is yours. It's yours. This is you. You get to be with me. And the reason why I think it's very important is this. Mm. Freedom to just say what my spirit hears. This is why there's so much separation in the church so often is because when correction is brought from a spiritual father or from a pastor, we just find another flock to join instead of listening to the correction that was brought to us. It would be so easy for me to say, oh, Pamela and Lane, you disagree with me? You don't listen. I'm Chris Larson, dang it. Well, I'm going to go find another job. And you know what? I probably could have. But then all of a sudden, when I would have found myself 15 jobs deep and 15 churches deep, I would never have known what it is to sit under the mantle and the covering of spiritual fathers and mothers that brought correction in a godly way. So if you're going to be in this house, I want to challenge you. Spiritual correction is part of this household. But also, I challenge you kids as your father corrects. Look at the gift and the blessing it is to have a father that would correct their children. But those that have been hurt by a father, ooh, we talked about this yesterday, Jeff, in the group. We just go in there today. Some people say, I get that, but you don't know my dad because he used to beat us. And I would say is this. What's the old phrase? Eat the seeds and spit out the sticks. Is that it? Some of you in this building are going to have to just eat the fruit, though it may be small, from a father that did not know how to father and spit out the sticks of his broken nature. And if that means all you can bring is the fruit of a generation of a father before, if you can honor a father for this much fruit, how much more honor will you receive when you are a godly father? If you can honor a father and this is the only amount that you can honor him for because he didn't know what he was doing and he was this and he was that and he was abusive. If you can honor a father by this much, how much more honor will you operate in when you operate in godliness? Next up. Fathers. There's a reason Jacob and Esau fought over a blessing. 
because you carry an authority to bless your children in such a way that old generations fought over this blessing. Old generations fought over these words for a father to speak this over them. I'm telling you now, fathers, do not let the world lie to you that your only use is to provide food for a table because you can provide food for a table, but the blessings you can speak over your children will feed their spirit for a lifetime. You could feed their mouths for one meal or you can speak a blessing over them and their grandchildren will eat of the fruit of it. And it's awkward the first time you do it. It's going to be weird the first time you do it. But you need to do it. Go to your children. Get in their face and say, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the man you are. I'm proud of the woman you are. I don't want the world to tell my kids they're more proud of them than I am. I don't want my world to speak more affirmation over than I do over my children. Because the world is affirming every day what a child sees is true. But a father does it to biblical standards he's according to walk to. And they'll find it in the world and they will crash. But oh, what happens when godly fathers go to their children and speak affirmation and blessing over their children. And sometimes it's for kids that are not even yours. Is this a house that's safe enough for someone to find their way into this house and receive a father's blessing from a father that's not theirs? Wouldn't it be amazing? Let me just ask real quick. If you, in this house have received a father's blessing and, and had somebody step in as a spiritual father in this house, in your life, in this house, I want you to raise your hand. You know why I have you raise your hand? Because there's people in here looking for a place that's going to do that, and they're a testimony that it happens in this house. Amen? Next, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 19 through 23, I've got a blessing over a specific type of dads this morning. Matthew chapter 1, verses 19 through 23. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Is my mic? Holding handheld mic. There we go. Do it. I don't know if our camera is going to get this or not. But. Can you imagine being Joseph? Not only is your girl pregnant, she's pregnant with God. And I want to say to all of the fathers that are not DNA fathers to the children in your family, but you have stepped in, I want to let you know I recognize what Jesus looks like so much and what the Father looks like by the love that you give a child that does not have your DNA. 
I want to thank you for those. I want to thank you that when we get the spirit of adoption, I have fathers in here that chose to be a father when the real father would not. I thank you. I honor you this morning. And the next thing about the godly father, we're going to walk through. I want you to go to 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 19. And as you're turning there, just going to run through. Godly fathers operate in restoration. They operate in biblical correction. They operate in blessing. They operate in adoption. I'll tell you this. Men of the house, I promise you there's young men and women in this house that needs a spiritual father, and you may be called to operate in that said gifting. And, well, where am I supposed to minister in the house? Find someone that needs a good example of a man in front of their life and pull them close. Teach them things. Go and show them the wisdom that you've learned. What would it be if we could say that the fatherlessness that affects this generation began to heal in this very building? Mm. And the last is this. It's the word legacy. First Kings chapter 19. Now I'm going to give you a little background before we read exactly what happens here. Elijah is in a cave. Elijah's in a cave and things are going bad. And I'm going to read this to you real fast. In verse 11, 1911, I want you to jump there real fast. And he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And the Lord passed by and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Mm. I want to speak to you real fast. That just in the way that God had spoken to men before with fire and earthquakes and rushing winds, but then he goes and speaks to Elijah in a still small voice. Do not believe that you don't hear from God because you don't hear from God the way your father heard from God. Do not think that God's always going to come to you the same way he's come to every generation. He's going to speak to you in a different way, and it may be a still small voice. Some of you sit there and you go, my father's shoes were too big to fill. You were never called to fill your father's shoes. You were called to walk the way your father and watch the way your godly father walked and to be able to call out and walk your own mantle. Do you know the best part about walking as pastor in this house? That man never expected me to be lame 2.0. He said, Chris, call it, walk in your calling. My preaching style is a thousand times different than you. My leadership style is different than you. We, we couldn't be more different. But what I love is this. There may be times where God did it for you with fire and did it with me with an earthquake and with you with wind and with me a still small voice. God is still speaking to a multi-generational place that he is still going to be faithful in your generation all the way through mine. And when you take a spiritual father in my life and we continue, when you hear me, you hear Lane Dietz. 
When you see me, you see Lane Dietz. It's not, oh, well, Lane's not the pastor anymore. No, y'all just got a place to where we're operating in a father and son type business, and we're walking together that we're going to reach multiple generations. Amen? Keep reading with me this morning. In Elijah, verse 13, so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I am left and I alone am left and they seek and take my life. Do you ever feel like we're some of the only people that are seeking God? You ever go on the news and just feel like, are there any more biblical people living out there? Is anybody else seeking God? You hear the news, you hear all these things going wrong, and you wonder, is there many of us left? Are we alone? Are we alone? Sometimes you sit there and you're wanting to be a godly husband, and you go to work, and you see all these other men living how they want, and you go, I feel like I'm alone. I feel like I'm doing this different, and God is sitting there, and he hears what you say. But then he says, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. So when you arrive, anoint Hazal as king over Syria. And you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, the king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, you shall anoint as a prophet in your place. So when I sit there and I go to verse 19, it says, So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th. And Elisha passed by him and threw his mantle on him. Grab this picture real quick. You're out working on daddy's field, and the baddest prophet known to man at that time is walking straight towards you. You ever have somebody walk up to you that you reverenced, that everybody knew and talking about, and he's walking towards you, and he didn't say a word and just threw his mantle on him? That's exactly how I felt when Papa Pearsall did that to me 13 years ago. I'd never met this man named Papa Pearsall. Never met him. But all of South Texas had, I hadn't. He had never met me and said, Chris, I was sitting over there where you're sitting. He said, come here. Kneel here. Takes his jacket off. And lays his jacket on me and says, I give you my mantle of ministry. A man that had not given it to anybody else gave it to this random boy from Alabama. I was like, oh, I feel what Elisha feels. And he lays it on him. Let me tell you that there's going to be a time that a spiritual father comes and all you've been doing is just being a good worker and a spiritual father is going to come up and say, boy, you are made for so much more. You are made for so much more. Your calling is so much bigger. And they're going to be able to pull spiritual things out of you. That's what Elisha was dealing with Elijah. But there's going to be a moment. Go to 2 Kings. There's going to be a moment. Chapter 2. That Elijah's got to leave. There's going to be a moment when your father must go. There's going to be a moment when the spiritual father in your life, it's time for him to leave. There's going to be a moment. And let's read this. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind. Ooh, I missed a point that God just reminded me of. Can I tell you real fast? Where was 
Elisha, where, where did Elijah find Elisha? Doing work. In whose house? If you have dreams, young men and women, of what God wants you to do, the first step is to be faithful in the house that you're in. The first step is to be faithful in the house that you're in. Do not expect God to catapult you into your future if you're walking like a rock in your present. You need to be faithful in the very house that you're at. You need to go and honor your father and your mother. You need to take care of your house because God will not bless your house you're going to if you're not blessing the house you live in now. You need to bless your parents because if you want to be blessed by by your children. You need to honor your mother, father and mother here. Don't expect blessings in the next if you're not willing to walk out honor in the present. Be faithful in the season that you're in. That means if you've got to clean your room, clean your room. That means even if your father may do everything wrong, find the one bit of fruit that you can speak life towards. Hallelujah. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came from Elisha, came out to Elisha and said to him, do you not know the Lord will take away your master from you today? And he says, yes, I know. Shut up. Sometimes you got to tell people to shut up when they try to talk to you about your daddy. Then Elijah told him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. And he says, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jer Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know the Lord, your the Lord will take away your master from you today? And he says, Yes, I know. Shut up. Verse 6. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on, and 50 of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance. And while the two of them stood on the Jordan, now Elijah took on his mantle, rolled it up, the same mantle he laid on Elisha in a field. He's now using, rolled it up, and struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. I want to see the home video of that when I get to heaven. So it was when they crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Do you want to honor your father? Don't wait till he's on his deathbed to ask what you get from him. Stay close to him. Stay honoring in him. Bless him. Stay close and say and be about the father's business. Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Now, some of you say, why are you talking about Elijah and Elisha when they were not father and son? Because a double portion blessing was only set for sons. And Elisha asked for a double portion blessing from his spiritual father. A double portion blessing. So he said, 
You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and walked. Suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with the horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind in heaven. And Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw them no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water. And said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, it was divided this way and that. And Elisha crossed over. There's a moment. When you take up your father's mantle. And now it's time for you to strike the water. There's a moment for you to now apply and use everything you learned from your father's. You know what my favorite thing about being a daddy is? Getting to watch my children grow up and do it. And I get to see them operate in the very lessons I taught them and watch them walk it out. I, I, it's so funny. Madre and Padre right here, they sit there and say, we love doing it, but we love watching you and Chelsea fly. Because we get to go places and go get to do things that we've dreamed about. And we get to do it together. I'm here to tell you that the fatherhood mantle that this country needs was called to be walked out by the men in this room. And it may feel like a big mantle for you to walk out. And it may feel like I just watched him do it. And I feel fake. I don't feel like I can do it like he did it. I don't know if I can walk it out like he walked it. I don't know if I'm anointed the way he is. I'm here to tell you, you need to pick up your father's mantle because there's more Elishas in the field waiting for you to walk up and be there for them. There's more Elishas in the field. Who is the Elisha that's waiting for you to walk up and say, here is my anointing. Here's my double portion. I don't want to know about the double portion of Elisha. Man, what would it be to follow Elisha and say, give me your double portion? See, I'm not just thinking about me getting to, because guess what, Papa? One day this is going to be handed to somebody else. One day this, 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 uh, this pulpit's going to be handed to somebody else. And oh, what it's going to be to watch them fly. Because the best part about watching them fly is I get to sit there and look at the chains the enemy tried to hold me down and say, it stops with my generation, baby. It ain't going to you, son. You're going to fly places I only dreamed of. You're going to go places I never thought. So when someone walks in with father wounds, they can walk out with freedom if we walk in the operation of the anointing we're called to as spiritual fathers. We get to watch Elisha's fly if we'll choose to look for an Elisha. We'll get to watch the next generation fly and do it, even if we've had a rough past. Enemy thought he'd destroy me by having to deal with three fathers in my life. Nope, he just showed me that I was called to operate in a spiritual father mantle that would bring healings to the generations in the past. So, fathers, I want to let you know you have a purpose and a destiny. 
I want to encourage you while the world sits there and says, should we even celebrate Father's Day? Hey, that's such an old thing. No, I thank you that we will always celebrate Father's Day because I'm excited to see you become a father one day. I'm excited to see you walk in a mantle and raise up young men and women of God. I'm excited to see because I know the answer is not through legislation. I know the answer is not through another election. I know the answer is not through red or blue on either side. The answer is the people inside this room walking out in the calling of God upon their life. Aaron, I'm excited to see you grow and even be more of the man of God you're called to be. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see broken sons and daughters walk in, but healed son and daughters walk out. Amen? Stand with me this morning. Mm. Congratulations on your EMT, uh, EMT right now, right? Is that it? Proud of you. So, fathers, I thank you for the men of God that you are. I thank you for who you are. I'm proud of you, and I want you to know that there is a purpose, a plan, and a destiny upon you. So as we pray today, as we go out today, let's honor some fathers. Let's get some Metamucil for the fathers that were here yesterday. Jeff, I got you, brother. I love you. Justin called me and said, Pastor Chris, I don't think I'm ever going to do another food challenge of yours ever again. We'll see. But if we can, if you would lay your hands on the Father that is with you, that way we're not disrupting social distancing. And if your Father's not here, I want you to just, I want you to pray for the Father that's not here right now. Hmm. Hmm. Father, I thank you. For the men in this house. I thank you for the blessing it is to be a father. I thank you for the honor it is to be a father. I thank you, Father, right now. That you would teach us even more so to be an honorable father. I pray that, Father, you would minister to all the hearts of the fathers in this house. To bring joy in their lives. And we thank you, Father, right now that though the world may seem crazy, I thank you that you're going to choose to use the fathers in this room. And we bless you, Father, because you are the perfect example of what a father is. You are a perfect example of what it looks like to be a godly father, for you are God the Father. And we thank you, we bless you, we honor you in the name of Jesus. Amen. We love you guys. Have a great day. Happy Father's Day. <laughs>